another life lesson that perhaps sometimes we tuck away. And you know what that lesson is? That God can use you to bring about a major change in someone's life. Did you know that? That God can use you, that's right, you, the one that's listening, to bring about a major change in someone's life. All you have to do is let him. That's it. A wonderful quality to have is the quality of availability. We're going to take a look at a guy that doesn't get a lot of press in the Bible. But he did some great things. And his name is Philip. How well do you know Philip? How much do we hear about Philip? Here's a little bit about him. He was chosen as a deacon along with Stephen in the early church. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 6 and verse 5 that they chose Stephen, oh, a man full of faith and Holy Spirit, and Philip, and they chose Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Now, these are guys that serve God. We don't read about them much, but their lives mattered. Philip's life comes to the light in Acts chapter 8. The church was under persecution by Saul of Tarsus. You know that guy, right? He later became the Apostle Paul. And just Paul's story alone, it shows you what God can do with a life. Some of the greatest believers today, some of the greatest servants of God today, were some of the meanest dogs (laughs) before they found Christ. Oh, they were mean. They were terrible. They were awful. Shows you what God can do with a life. So he wasn't there at that time. But Philip didn't forget the life lessons that he learned regarding the mission of God's people. God's people are all on a mission. And what is the mission? The Great Commission. It's the one that Jesus gave right before his final whoop, ascension into heaven. There he goes. And he gave commands before he left. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. That means got to do some traveling. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. There's the Trinity. Got to have them all. You need the whole family. And then Jesus said, Teach them. Teach them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, the Christian life is not just about salvation, and it's not just about baptism, but it's about observation. And when I say observation, I mean participating in the commands of Christ, doing what Jesus gives us to do. And now Jesus was very specific in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He said, you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, even to the most remotest part of the earth. So you think about how God, oh, he wants to cover the globe. God wants to cover the globe 
with his grace and with his love and with his mercy. Like, man, there's no one left out. God doesn't leave anyone out of what he wants to do. So though he's a deacon, unlike the other apostles, Philip was obedient to that command. See, that's why God allowed the persecution of the church. Sometimes we think, you know, all these people loving God, why is God allowing them to be persecuted? Because after the Great Commission, you know what they did? They remained in Jerusalem. They wouldn't leave because they were comfortable. They were in their comfort zone. You know, the comfort zone, that can be a very dangerous place to be. When you're in your comfort zone, you don't want to move. You know what the comfort zone is? Zone is it's not really in your body. It's in your heart. God wants us to be comfortable in our heart. But he doesn't want us to be so comfortable in our body that we're lazy. We know that we're comforted by the Holy Spirit. That's one of his ministries towards us. When we have times of struggle, he comforts our heart. But don't live in the comfort zone physically and let your life add up to a big zero. That's no good. That's no good for you. That's no good for the world. That's no good for the cause of Christ. No one benefits. So if we go back, the problem with these early disciples, the early Christians in Jerusalem was they didn't think the Gentiles, especially the Samaritans, were worthy of the good news of the gospel. They're like, no, God likes us, but he doesn't like you. So they stayed where they were. Now we move up to Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Those who were scattered went abroad preaching the word. Oh, why did they go abroad preaching the word? Because they were scattered. Persecution drove them from Jerusalem. And wherever they went, they brought the good news with them. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord, you know what they did? They paid attention to what was being said by Philip. They saw the signs that he did, and they loved the lessons that he gave, and they're like, ooh, we like this. We like this Philip guy, and we like the things that he's saying. And you know what we can learn here? The Christian's strife led to the Samaritan's joy. The strife of the Christians being persecuted, being chased away, led to the joy of people that would have been ignored. Isn't it good to know that the suffering that you may endure can be a blessing to someone else somehow, some way? God can work it out. God takes our uncomfortableness and he'll use it to make someone else comfortable. These Jewish Christians, you know, they lost their material possessions. They lost their homes, their jobs, their businesses. But they didn't lose 
a very special treasure, their faith. They didn't lose their faith. You know what the Apostle Peter said later on? He said, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, though it's tested by fire, it may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Christ, when Christ comes back. See, they lost their farms, but they took their faith. They lost their houses, but they kept their trust. It wasn't it just a year ago, all those forest fires burned through California. They burned up towns, everything in their path. For those who knew Christ as Savior, yeah, they lost their farms and their houses and their jobs, but they still had their faith. Now we have another crisis, a pandemic. People have lost jobs, businesses, health, loved ones. But God says, hold on to your faith. Oh, don't let your faith go. Many people have lost something. Don't lose your faith. Your faith is precious. Oh, it's more precious than gold. You know what your faith does? It sees you through. Nothing will see you through this, this pandemic like your faith. Because your faith is on the inside. Everything else is on the outside. Your job, your health, your gold, it's all on the outside. And that can be removed instantly. Your faith can't be taken away. The only way you can lose your faith is if you give it away. That's all. If you put it somewhere else, that's the only way you can lose it. It's there. It's something that God has given you. And he wants it to hold you up. So Philip went to preaching. And in verse 12 it says, When they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. They made commitments to God. So baptism is, I'm committing myself to God. Even Simon the sorcerer himself, he believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip. He hung around with Philip. Philip, I'm going with you. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. He's like, wow, I've never saw anything like See, when God moves, people see things that they never saw before. And I'm not talking about signs and wonders. I'm talking about changed lives. Nothing and no one can change a life like God can. And I mean change it for the better. And you know what happens when people live out the good news of Christ? The unloved are being loved. The neglected are being remembered. The lost are being saved. Those without purpose are being baptized. Here is a great, great quality that Philip possessed. It didn't matter 
if it was one person or a hundred people that he was preaching to. It didn't matter. He had an awesome quality. And we're going to see what that is. Oh, we're talking about Philip today. Philip's the man of the hour today. We're going to learn some life lessons from him. Here's what happened. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And you know what Philip did? He rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. And he was in charge of all her treasure. And he came to Jerusalem to worship. So this guy, he's a believer. And he was returning, going back home, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join the chariot. Go see this guy, this Ethiopian eunuch that's in charge of the treasury of Candace, the Ethiopian queen. Now, you know, Philip could have thought, Hey, I'm the great evangelist. I'll send someone over to see him. I'll send some of my students. That'll be good practice. They can go witness to him. Philip didn't do that. You know why Philip went? Because he valued every soul personally. Every soul was important to Philip. I like what the Life Application Bible says. That's a good Bible. If you're looking for another Bible, get that one. The Life Application Bible says, follow God's leading, even even if it seems like a demotion. I'm like, wow. Follow God's leading, even if it seems like a demotion. That's true. That'll test you to see if you really have, here it comes, the heart of a servant. This is why Philip's obedience was so crucial. The Ethiopian eunuch was in charge of the treasury of the queen, queen of Ethiopia. Now, what's a eunuch? Well, it's a couple of different ideas. One who is either incapacitated or willingly abstains from marriage. Here, it actually means one who serves in a court as a very high official. So this guy's like, you know, he's big. He's important. And he's reading from Isaiah because Jeremiah the prophet has spent time in Ethiopia and this man was a proselyte to Judaism but he didn't know Christ. He knew Judaism, he knew Jehovah but Jesus, okay, that's the next level. So Philip went over to him and asked him if he understood what he was reading. And he said, well, no, I need someone to explain this to me. And this is what he was reading that he was getting tripped up on. Here's what Isaiah wrote about Christ. He was led as a sheep to slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers is silent, 
so he does not open up his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. So Philip explained that it was about Jesus. And the man believed. He said, oh, thank you so much. And they found some water. And he was baptized into Christ. Now is that cool or what? And this simple little scene was a fulfillment of the Great Commission. And now, this high court official, he knew the truth about Jesus, and he brought it back to Ethiopia. You see, you never know who you're talking to. You never know. You share your faith with someone. It could be the CEO of a company. It could be somebody really important. You never know. Someone of great influence, and they take it, and they share it with others. That's why to fill up every soul was personally important to him. So let's look at some strengths and accomplishments of Philip. He was one of the first deacons, one of the first to obey the command of the Great Commission. He was like a traveling evangelist. He obeyed God. He was a student of the scriptures, enough where he could explain what he knew to other people like he did to the Ethiopian eunuch, right? That was pretty cool. See why you got to learn? See why you have to grow? Because you never know when you'll be called on to explain what you know. Didn't Peter say that we have to give a reason for the hope that was in us? Don't just be saved. Be able to explain to people what that means. Why you're saved. What does that mean to be saved? What's the kingdom of God? We need to have answers for these things because people want to know. Now, here are some lessons from his life. Number one, God uses willing hearts. Number two, the gospel is for all people. It's not for some. I like that. It's for all people. That's good. That's really good. Number three, both Old and New Testaments point to Christ. You know, God gave us the Bible. He said, here, meet my son. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, I don't know my son. Read this book. He's in there. He's the Word of God. Every person is valuable and needs to hear. Everyone. You never know. From the lowliest dog to the nicest person, everybody needs to hear the Word of God. So how about lessons for our life? How about this? Be available to the leading of God. Be available. You never know where God will lead you and how God wants to use you. You've got to be ready and be available. Have a willing heart. Number two, know your Bible. Know what you're talking about. Number three, comfort is in the soul, not the body. Let your comfort zone be on the inside, not on the outside. Number four, value every soul, everyone. 
And this is why. You never know the outcome of the one that you tell, tell about Jesus. You never know. You never know. You don't know what they're going to do and how they're going to run with that. Didn't D.L. Moody work in a shoe store, my understanding is? D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists of the early 1900s. Wasn't it around then? He was a shoe salesman. And somebody witnessed to him. And now you got Moody Radio, Moody Bible Institute. He preached to millions of people. I mean, are you kidding me? You never. Who's the guy that witnessed to D.L. Moody? I don't know. But whoever he was, thank the Lord. You know, you could be the D.L. Moody, or you could be the guy or the gal that witnesses the D.L. Moody. You never know. So let me give you a couple of action points. Live your life sensitive to the need of others. Don't walk around with your head in the clouds. Live your life sensitive to the need of others. Especially in this pandemic crisis. People around us have needs. We need to be alert, be awake, be sharp, see what's going on. Remember, your inconvenience is their opportunity. God might inconvenience you, but you will be a blessing to someone else. I like that. How about this? When you walk with God, you don't see it as an inconvenience at all. You don't see being used by God as an inconvenience because this is what this is what it's all about. God, use me. Use me, God. That's not an inconvenience when you're used by God. That's like, oh, that's a privilege. That's awesome. That's what it's all about, Alfie. And number four, try to remember the lessons that you hear and don't forget them. When you go to church, you hear some good life lessons. Remember them. Don't forget them. Remember those lessons that are so important about loving the unlovely, casting all your cares upon him, going the extra mile, being a living sacrifice, realizing that when you're all done learning the Bible, you're supposed to be at a place called love. That's the goal. Love. So Philip, I'll tell you what, he's a good guy to read about. Read his story in Acts chapter 8. Get some life lessons from Philip. We don't know a lot about him, but he did some great things, and God used him as a catalyst in the life of others. Hey, thank you for coming along today. Don't forget about the Hope Club. $3 a week keeps us on the radio. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click support, click radio. Give us your email, make the commitment. I'm going to play the Friday uh, devotional for you tomorrow. Give you an idea of what you're going to get in your mailbox every week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Don't forget to join us Sunday morning here on WARV, 10 o'clock for our live service, Easter service. And Friday night on Facebook, we're going to bring you a good Friday message, 7 o'clock. Okay? All right. That's great. Thanks for coming along. I will see you tomorrow for more of New Hope Radio.